Hello, welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, energy healer, past life explorer, and guide. My links are in the description box for websites, podcasts, financial support, and contact information. Please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, share with your friends, donate. The best way to contact me about current pricing and to schedule a phone or online session is through email at susiepgoins at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. Welcome to week six of my seven-week series on the chakras. Thursdays, I talk about each of the major seven chakras, the what, where, how, care, and feeding of them, and then on the following Monday, a related meditation to explore that chakra. So what are the chakras? Now, again, this is going to be the sixth out of at least seven times that I'm saying this, but here's a summary. The word chakra comes from the ancient Sanskrit translating to wheel. Chakras are energy vortices placed throughout the body and outside the body, and everyone has chakras, even animals. A healthy chakra is a nice horn shape. It bells out from its origin point on your body. It's open, spinning smoothly, usually clockwise, depends on you. And then imbalanced chakras can be bent, closed, clogged, and spinning counterclockwise. Today's featured chakra is the third eye, or Ajna chakra. It's located at your forehead between the eyes. Now, I've also seen it placed to form a triangle, so a little above that midpoint, but it's where the pineal gland sits. The corresponding point on your hands is at the level of the base of your thumbnail. Yeah, both thumbs. On your feet, at the base of your big toenail at the knuckle. Its color is indigo blue. I used to describe that color as the color of a new pair of jeans, but here's the old lady voice coming on now. All this fashion has faded blue jeans. I remember when I was a young woman, I bought my jeans new and true indigo and had to wear the hell out of them and wash them to get to that respectable fade. But now, no, you young whippersnappers don't know the struggle of making a good pair of distressed jeans. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so let's just say that it's a deep blue, almost purple, and be good with that. The element of the Ajna is light. That's the seed of intuition and extrasensory perception, or being able to see beyond the physical. Huh, that's interesting, because when I channel, one of the, the indicators that I'm about to start channeling, or that another energy is coming through, is that I take my glasses off. How cool! <laughs> Okay, so where was I? The element is light. It's the seat of intuition and extrasensory perception, seeing beyond the physical. Okay, vision and wisdom, inner guidance, self-knowledge, detachment. The syllable is OM, O-M or A-U-M. A balanced third eye chakra manifests as having solid intuition, charisma, imagination, that sense of detachment of not being tied to material things. Trust, I think trust in an informed way, and self-awareness. A weak third eye can play out as frustration, lack of clarity, an inability to plan, confusion. It's hard to focus. There's a fear of the truth, a lack of creativity. Overactive chakras. The overactive ajna um, shows up as anger, like, can't you see? You know, reading more than the average into things. You know, there are folks who thrive on conspiracy theory to the extreme. And that's not saying conspiracy theory is BS, 
but it's just when one finds it everywhere that would be an indicator to me of an overactive ashna. Nightmares. The subconscious brings up images that scare you, and fear is a powerful emotion when left unchecked or untreated. Also being completely ungrounded in the physical world. You know, somebody who's spacey. And those are folks who are only seeing the unseen, which could also be construed as mental health issues. So again, this is not about diagnosing or treating anything like that. And then religiously dogmatic. So I'm seeing that as not trusting the divine as an ethereal concept or that overarching picture, but someone who depends overly much on artificial interpretations. How can you tell if your if your ajna is blocked? Well, depression and mental health issues. Don't use this podcast exclusively to diagnose and treat medical issues, okay? I'm asking you to be aware seek professional help when called for. In these times, we do need to pull together and trust each other and help each other. That's my PSA for today. Well, one of them. Another indicator of a blocked ajna is an inability to forgive. Now, I understand forgiveness is such a complex issue. The way I see it is being more of a reclamation of your power from another. Forgiveness does not mean you accept the behavior. In fact, I think you reject the behavior, but you release yourself or detach yourself from the cause so that you can move forward. It's still part of your history, but it does not exclusively define you. An inability to forgive or being firmly entrenched in the event, that's what holds you back and blocks hope for growth. An inability to connect with intuition, even a refusal to connect. I've encountered people who said they were too afraid to connect. So balancing that chakra will help you with there. Then hmm, one can also be too logical. Sorry, Mr. Spock, you know I love you. There are even physical symptoms of third eye imbalance. Not diagnosing here, just relaying the information. So headaches. These could also be seen as a result of meditation in the third eye actually opening. So if you haven't been meditating and you experience headaches, then yes, it's a possible third eye blockage. There's also sinus issues. I used to have raging sinus infections. Then I got a reading from a wonderful person telling me that it was stored up anger. It was actually blocking me. So Anger blocks clarity, and also it's blocking the third eye. Once I resolve that, yeah, life is good. Vision problems, eye stuff, and also insomnia. Nightmares can cause insomnia, that fear that comes through it, so that sleeplessness could be related to a blocked third eye. Let's now look at how to open, balance, or heal the third eye. Using sound, you can chant, Oh. You can use that chant when you're doing any of the other activities. Another way to utilize sound is by using affirmations. Look in the mirror in the morning, say them to your reflection. It can be uncomfortable at first, but as you grow more practiced at it, then sure. These are just ones to start off with. You can develop your own. I see all things with clarity. I am guided by my inner wisdom. I am comfortable using my imagination. I trust my intuition. I make wise decisions using my intuition. 
I am open to exploring that which cannot be seen. Other things you can do to use color. Indigo, that deep blue, almost purple. When you wear it, you can meditate with it or on it. You can start a dream journal. Since the spirit roams during dream time, keeping a record of your dreams may provide valuable insight. Meditation, that is patently a third eye activity. Acting from a place of mindfulness, setting an intention before starting a new project or just while you breathe. It puts you in the moment and opens you to source. Calling on your intuition. See, when I was starting on this path, I played the penny drive game. I would get in the car, start driving, and then I set my intention about, I'm opening up to intuition to direct me. Or I would connect with my guides. As I was driving, anytime I needed to make a directional choice, I would ask, or flip a coin, I can't tell you how many pennies were lost in my car, but I would ask which way I needed to go. And it turns you on to your intuition, and then you get used to listening, and then you find yourself someplace interesting. There are several yoga asanas you can practice, and I mean, these aren't the only ones that I'm listing. I'm still no yogi, and we are way out of the, I'll recommend the asanas you can do because I can do them because I am nowhere near that. I do recommend you talk to your friendly local yoga instructor to get more details. Michelle Fondine of the Chopra Center recommends any pose in which your forehead touches the ground. That means the balasana, the child's pose. But there's also the dolphin pose, and yoga journal kicks in with standing half-forward bend pose. The balasana, or the child's pose, is a pose of rest, and it allows you time to turn your focus inward to the third eye chakra. You can refer to the yoga journal's website for very excellent instructions and video. But quickly, to do it, you kneel on the floor, your big toes are touching, and you sit on your heels. Open your knees about as wide as your hips. Using breath, you lay your torso between your thighs. Your arms and hands, palm up, lie on the floor along your torso. To come up from it, breathe, lengthen the torso, and lift from the tailbone. Next up is the dolphin pose, where you start out in the table pose, and that's where you're on your hands and knees. Then you place your forearms on the floor, shoulders are over the wrists, pressing your palms together, you curl your toes under, exhale, lift your knees from the floor. I know if I ever start to practice this pose, my heels are not going to touch the floor and my knees may stay bent. As one's flexibility improves, so will the pose. And lastly is the standing half forward bend, or the Adha Uttanasana. To start, your feet are about hip width apart, and again, as you become more practiced, you can move your feet closer together. Lengthen your spine and fold over gently. You may not fold completely in half, and that's fine. I may be having my hands resting over my knees to just get a flat back. But then you got to start somewhere. And then using your breath, you relax. Your hands and arms support your body so you're not just flopping around in the wind. And then as you breathe, you come back up. Now on to the mudras and those I can do. The first one is you hold your hands at the lower edge of your ribs. The middle finger is extended and touching. The other fingers are folded in at the first joints, including the thumbs, and those first joints touch. And then there's also this one where your right hand is aligned with the third eye area. 
Your ring finger curls into the palm and the tips of your thumb, index, and middle fingers touch each other. The pinky finger extends. Then you place those touching fingers to your third eye with your left hand palm up resting on your thigh. And then you can meditate in those positions. Next up, essential oils. Yes, yes, yes. Don't ingest these. Use them with a carrier oil on the third eye or anytime you apply them to your skin. And then you can meditate, taking in the aromas, taking in the vibration, or you can even put them in a diffuser. We're looking at any oil which enhances the meditative state or is calming, and those that can help with headaches, migraines, or eye problems. For the calming help you get into a meditative mood type, there's patchouli, which still smells like steak sauce on me. There's patchouli, rose, neroli, sandalwood, lavender, frankincense, among others. And then there are EOs, which help alleviate headaches and sinus problems. Tea tree, peppermint, eucalyptus, jasmine, and rosemary. In particular, clary sage, it relieves stuck emotions thereby clearing the way for you to trust intuition and help you move into that point. Insert here the recommendation to talk to an EO expert when working with oils. On to food. Are there purple foods? Well, that's what research is for, Susie. There are plums and, oh, goji berries, loads of antioxidants in those, blackberries, concord grapes, acai, purple carrots, prunes, which are dried plums, purple lettuce and eggplant. Oh, purple potatoes. Okay, so there's a lot more purple foods than I thought. <laughs> but you can also use raw walnuts, sprouted almonds, and wheat germ. Clean water, not tap or city water because that's always got treatment in it, but if you can find a spring or a well, that's good water to drink to help shift your vibration so you can open up to it. A few resources recommend detoxifying from heavy metal, not the music, but the minerals, and also taking a break from external stimuli. And that's what meditation facilitates. Get you away from the media and turn your focus inward. Found out that mushrooms can help with a heavy metal detox. Chlorella and cilantro do too. Herbs, the herbs that are used in making those essential oils. And you can make these into teas, add them to your food, make tinctures out of them. Some of these herbs help with headaches and others enhance the psychic gifts. Again, talk to an experienced herbalist or practitioner to find the right herb for you. Starting off with dill, thyme, juniper, valerian. I know it tastes like dirty socks, but it is so calming. Mugwort is used in divination teas and mint. Finally, the crystals. Amethyst. I cannot seem to get enough amethyst. It is protective, connects you with source. It aids in healing. It's very calming, spiritual stone, and it helps you gain clarity. Then purple fluorite. Now, fluorite does come in other colors, but we're talking about the purple one here. And that stimulates and balances the third eye, dispels negativity, promotes intuition, clarity, and focus. Cherowite, a powerful spiritual stone that reminds you to live in the moment. It helps to clear emotional clutter, and that release helps you to get out of your own way so you can develop these psychic gifts. It's called the Stone of Insight. It heals body, mind, heart, and spirit. Another stone that removes negativity from your life. Next up is Lapis Lazuli. Ah, it has a connection to the throat chakra with its deep blue color, but it's also associated with the third eye. You get that sense of a big, wide night sky, the vastness of the universe with that blue of the stone that's flecked with gold, looking like stars. It supports detachment from the material world, 
opening your third eye to see beyond. It also supports dream recall. Then there's azurite. Like other stones on this list, it activates and expands the third eye and therefore opening you to your psychic abilities. Labradorite is another highly spiritual and protective stone. It connects you with your psychic gifts. It shields you from negative influences and it's a good support stone for empaths and psychics or seers. Iolite, ah, it's such a gentle stone. It heals, balances, and activates the third eye. It increases the energy coming into your third eye. It has the power to expand your imagination. It's a great all-around help for you gaining access to your psychic gifts. These stones, you can use them in jewelry or meditation. I have a lovely iolite stone sitting on my desk. I have a lot of stones. This is not a complete list by any means. Explore on your own. Find out those things that resonate best with you. This is to get us all started. And until next time, blessings. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. On whichever platform you're on, please like the episode, subscribe, favorite, comment. If you are of a mind to support my podcast and this kind of content, yes, please and thank you. There's a donate or support button close at hand. If you're interested in scheduling an appointment with me for a full session, please email me at Susie P. Goins, that's S-U-S-Y-P-G-O-I-N-S, all one word, at gmail.com. Blessings.